You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It is the fourth day of the second month of the year 2021. You're listening to episode 222 of PHP Ugly. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson. With me this lovely night are my friends, John Congdon. That was way too many numbers. I got way confused. And Thomas Rideout. I understood it perfectly. I don't know what's wrong with John. He hasn't had anything to drink yet. That's you know he's admitted that. So that'll do it. We need to be bad influences. How is everyone on this Thursday night? Happy to be here. It keeps going. All the all the things keep happening. And they refuse to stop. <laughs> so I, I've noticed, John. I've noticed you've been very active or getting more active on Twitter and Discord. I think people are enjoying hearing from you. I, I, I try. I go through these spurts of I get active and then I kind of stop because it's it takes effort. It does take effort. Yeah, it, it does. And it's. I think part of it was like 10 years ago when I first – it's been longer than 10 years. But when I was the most active, I realized it took a lot of my time. Like I spent way too much time mm-hmm. on Twitter – and didn't get enough work done. And now I've gone quite the other way where I spend way too much time working and I'm not, not enough time socializing on uh, online. And, and me being me and always like pointing out how often I'm right about things, I do believe you got a compliment for a follow back, didn't you? Stop reading my tweets. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta, make, gotta change my password. Damn it. Uh, I usually do follow back like you do. I was giving you a hard time. The hard part was when I got most of my followers, it was back when I was a bowler and mm-hmm. uh, doing a bowling podcast. So I didn't didn't necessarily follow a lot of those people because it's not they weren't talking bowling all the time. They were talking about other things and I was yeah. a developer. So it, there was a little bit of disconnect there. Gotcha. Gotcha. How about you, Thomas? What's, how's your week been? Well, I got back into mining. What? Why? I've been having the hardest time trying to buy Dogecoin. Okay. Literally spent like a week and a half on it now and just can't get a purchase through for some reason. So mm-hmm. decided I would hop back on, use use my uh, super fast GPUs for something. And I've been <laughs> I've been mining Dogecoin. How's that Actually, for you? I've been mining Ethereum because the algorithm for Dogecoin is super bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mine for Ethereum and then you, you do it in a pool that lets you auto trade for a different coin. Mm. So it's interesting. I forgot how nerve wracking it is to have all the fans in your system spinning full speed. So I honestly don't even know how you mine. Do you just run a little application or what do you do? Yeah. You, um, for some reason it's really, there's, there's no good, just like, here's how you do it. Download this go here, do this, do this. Like, I, I don't know why the information is so sparse out there and so, you know, poorly disseminated across the web in a billion different places. But it breaks down to you you find a place to mine to, you know, a pool that splits up shares and stuff, and you run a program pointing at that pool, 
and you just let it run. And that's oh. in theory, that's the whole, the whole concept. Um, but <clears throat> the specifics of like what algorithm to mine and what coins to mine and uh, you know, what difficulties and switching coins automatically. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a pain in the ass. And it is, is, the whole is mining the same across all the coins. Are you trying to figure out calculations or? Yeah. Okay. Um, some stable coins are they have a difficulty that's adjusted based off of the value of the thing that it's attached to. So mm-hmm. the end result of mining is different in some cases um, as far as like what your computer produces. Mm-hmm. But in general, it's just yeah, solving algorithms. And and what you just you just check in on it every couple of days and see if you made any money. Yeah, I've made uh, thirty four cents today. There you go. Sp- spent seven dollars sure in electricity, but <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure your electrical and bill is happy about that. That was yesterday, and interestingly enough, I'm actually not spending that much on electricity because it's heating my house pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> so. So I'm not paying for heating exactly. At least your office or wherever your computer is at. Listen, I have two computers running it. So I have the office computer and I have my gaming machine. So I've got about a 100 mega hash per second rate right now. That of course, sounds crazy. If I, if I look at my mining pool that I'm using, their current hash rate for, for Ethereum is in the, in the PETA hash range so you're you're producing very little for them is what you're saying yes i'm I'm producing so little that they're giving me whatever i do for free (laughs) cool all right well i'm gonna tell you i'm starting to really become a fan a fan boy i should say of uh of live Live no i'm just kidding (laughs) so yeah of of the php ugly discord channel we we've got some people in there that just all day, every day, just good, good topics, good conversation. And, uh, I shared a video in there. I I've been sharing on Twitter a little bit about, uh, yeah, as my dog and his kind of journey through l- learning to use a wheelchair and stuff. But I shared a, I shared a video in there. Was it yesterday? I, it must've been today or yesterday, which just kicked off like this flurry of dog pics in our discord. Uh, you guys should go check it out. But I, I have a I have a YouTube video up there of uh, Yazer uh, for the first time since going in the wheelchair playing with other dogs, and so it was cute, man. I was happy. I was, I was such a good day yesterday. So happy, happy for him. So good. I think it was this morning I shared that actually. Now that I say that, because it was yesterday it happened, and uh, I was up getting ready to walk him again. Decided to share it in our Discord. If you're not at a part six thirty this morning, yes, you did. Uh, if you're not a part of the PHP Ugly Discord, you can go to PHP Ugly. Nope, you can go to discord.phpugly.com, and it'll it'll pop you right in there with no problems. Some great people hanging out in there. I mean, it, the the thing I like about it is it's not overly busy. It's not just people chatting to hear themselves talk. It's you know people having real conversations, and sometimes it's coding, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's security, sometimes it's not, and it's just good. Pop in there. Um, yeah, I, I was actually in there hel- helping one of our viewers or listeners with uh, some testing mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. Are you showing my video to, to the stream? So nice of you. He's a goofball. So yeah, he, he's been going off. Uh, he's getting, guys he, yeah, is getting so much better. Uh, and we're getting so much better 
you know, with the wheelchair. I mean, it's a learning experience for everyone involved. So it's uh, been going. I'm sorry I cut you off there, John. You were you were talking to somebody in Discord. Yeah, I was talking with Mike and trying to help him figure out some of his testing woes because we were going back and forth on Twitter and he was starting to do some some testing with PHP Unit and ran into some issues and was like, all right. I'm just going to put up a forum and I'm giving up. And so it, I was trying to help him a little bit via Discord. And we think we figured out what was going on. Mostly it's around authentication. And he was hitting mm-hmm. a, at an API that needed authentication. So this so, wasn't Laravel. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was? Yes, it was Laravel. was Laravel. And no, he wasn't trying to use the uh, SQL injection to get through. <clears throat> well, Laravel has a really nice just like as user method. Yeah, that's that's where he ended up was figuring that out. Ah, so there you go. So there was a, there was an, a couple of issues where it would start out with trying to do a test without having a front end, a, a form to fill out mm-hmm. and was running into issues and couldn't figure out what was going on. So he put the form on there to realize, oh, the route was wrong. And then, you know, just working through some of the, the testing things. And I haven't done a whole lot of testing in uh, in Laravel, the testing I have done is all integration testing, acting as a browser, hitting the route, going through the controller, which is really what he was doing. But I was also wasn't worrying about CSRF, which I'm not 100% sure how that works in Laravel. And uh, he was using factories, which I wasn't doing. So just lots of things that I wasn't aware of. So I think I was still able to figure out what was happening and help them work through it. If you only had a couple of friends you could have tapped for information who might work with Laravel every day, I don't know. That that do absolutely no testing. Sure. Well, gotcha. you were you were doing gotcha there. you were doing the opposite of test driven development. You were like developing and then testing to see what wasn't working. So I'm just saying. Yeah, he's doing test driven tests. Yeah. Test driven tests. Mm. Yeah. So I was so, going to say. A couple of issues or a couple of topics around Patreon. Um, if and Thomas got a hint of this right before the show, I took some time uh, last weekend. To, I thought I had a, a hook so that if you became a Patreon, you were automatically added to a special channel in Discord, and the, ch- uh, the channel is called the Herd. So uh, you shouldn't be able to see it, I don't think, unless you're able to join it which of course john and tom that's why you see it because you're actually admins of, of that channel uh buttery took some time with me and we did some testing to see if he would actually get in there and he didn't um i actually spent some time with uh, frank as well to see i had to manually add buttery um so I'm thinking what I might need to do is I might need to go through. I don't know if there's a way for me to see everybody's Discord handle through Patreon, but if you're a Patreon member, um, I might just ask ask the group, uh, ask the the general channel, "Hey, are you a Patreon me- member?" And whoever replies with a yes, I'll just drop them into that. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll just verify that they're a Patreon member and drop them into that channel. I think I don't know if they're willing to lie. To, I might just let them in. You might just let them in. Yeah, <laughs> that's like somebody was asking how they get stickers. I'm like, I don't. I, yeah, I did the whole pitch. I'm like, well, you could become a Patreon, or you could run into us at a conference, or shit. I don't know. You could just ask for them. I, I'm yeah. them to you. <laughs> you could ask, how do I get stickers? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're trying, trying to. I'm trying to get that to work automatically, but until it does, and. The, 
again, I don't know what the channel is going to be used for. It's going to be the Patreon people. So, you know, whatever they want to want to use it for, if they want to, you know, bitch or have ideas. That's my big thing. Is like we had a little conversation in Discord about how Patreon like became a thing with us and how like initially it was kind of a joke to see if we could get five. If you remember. We started it to see if we could get five people to give us $2 a month for the show. And all of a sudden we have, you know, a few people giving us you know money. And uh, so it was, it was a good thing. And as a matter of fact, Thomas, going to give you some credit because, of course, it would have happened to you that um, that sponsor who reached out to you has been following up with me week after week or day after day about wanting to sponsor us. See? And I gave him all the <clears throat> gave him all the normal pitches, and uh, you know he he stuck with us, and you know asked was asking the right questions. Um, so we actually have Patreon levels now for sponsorship, and I just told him I'm like, all right, here are Patreon levels for sponsorship if you want to sponsor us. And he's asked us for some numbers, which I think I just need to add to Patreon somewhere. I just need to figure out where all the numbers are. You tell but, him to accept uh, Dogecoin. I did not. <laughs> I accept Dogecoin. <laughs> you are all about Dogecoin, which is probably at its height right now and just going to crash and burn. No, it's absolute worst it's... time to buy it. No, no, no. Doge is going to the moon. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much my week. Still haven't. I still haven't made my mm-hmm. uh, live wire uh, fixes to Argus because I've actually have a client that I've been deep in live wire with and been enjoying that. And just uh, the one little thing I'm trying to do in Argus has some challenges to it that I know there are ways are ways around it. I just need to I just need to take a second look at it and get my head around how to do it. Matter What's fact, Argus? I, might, I don't know. I might reach, <laughs> I might reach out to you on that, Janet. What? What, Thomas? What's, What's Argus? Argus? If you have to ask, you should know. John, school the kid on what Argus is. <laughs> if you have to ask, you should know. Spoken like a true spokesperson of the group. Uh, Argus is our cron monitoring service. Argus.to. Uh, our goal is to give you false negatives instead of you having really bad uh, nightmares because your crons aren't running. Uh, that's a horrible way to put it, but we, the whole I, I'm, the, I'm the one horrible. Got <laughs> a couple pitch. spokesmen here. Way to school me, John. <laughs> no, we we alert you if your crons or if you haven't told us if your crons have run in a specific time frame. Because yes. who we've had so many issues with clients over the years where a cron isn't running as we expect it, or it's not finishing and we don't know that it's not finishing. And so we decided we were going to build something to be alerted to go look in case there's an issue. Uh, we've had clients in the past that have wanted an email every time something is run. But the problem is you get so used to seeing those that you don't necessarily notice when you don't get them. So if you have billing not running for a few days because you just have, have got, gotten so in the so attuned to seeing it and then just don't realize you didn't get it. Uh, it's a pain in the butt. So now you will get an email if the, or you'll get alerted if it was supposed to run, but hasn't blah, blah, blah. All right. That was fun. Is, is it just an, an Argus email ad card? It is not an email, not just an email. There are other integrations such as it's text and Slack. Yes. And, and we, we've been talking <laughs> about adding pager duty into the mix. Pager duty is actually, we actually have a branch for pager duty. We haven't, um, 
We haven't deployed it yet. Matter of fact, we probably have to do some work on that one. But yeah. And whatever else paying clients might want, because apparently it's been 45 days since we launched because we have actual paying clients. How do I know that? Because you get a 45-day trial. 45 seems like too much. It is too much. We have you were my only that. support on that argument, Thomas. How dare you turn oh. on me? <laughs> I'm just stirring the pot. Don't don't worry about it. It's oh, way too much. Man. I agree. Jeez, Livewire is awesome though. I'm gonna tell you what. Every forum on Argus is gonna flip to Livewire forums because I stinking love Livewire, and you will too. I'm gonna <clears> show you. I'm gonna show you, John. You and I are gonna spend some time, and I'm gonna show you the issue I have, and you're gonna tell me how to fix it, and I'm gonna, you're gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Hey, listen, I'm done. One, my one day, one day you'll you'll show me. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys saw the big news this week. Did not see any yeah. big news. What big news? Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah. Now I wouldn't normally include this as as news for us PHP people, but uh, Jeff Bezos is stepping down as the Amazon CEO. I guess the billionaire life is just. Too exhausting. He's stepping out of CEO, but not away from Amazon. Yes, he's he's also keeping all his shares and being on the board of directors. So let's see what what does that mean? Stepping down, he he's going to give up his seventy thousand dollars CEO uh, salary. Yes, yeah, probably. <laughs> but then he'll take a hundred thousand as the board of directors. That's right. But I mean, to me, that's not the big news because I don't care about Jeff Bezos at all. The big news He's is him. the guy replacing yes. him is the head of AWS, mm-hmm. uh, Andy so Jassy. So that means we can start to see issues because nobody's watching the uh, AWS stores now. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> I didn't think that. That I wasn't thinking in that direction. No. Oh God! That's horrible. It's it's an interesting move. I kind of don't understand. Why, if you're if you're the head of AWS, you would want to move just to Amazon in general? I feel like AWS is your specialty. You should stay there. Well, I mean, but he but he was probably well. I mean, he was topped out at AWS. The only other step he could make is running the entire organization at Amazon. You know, up to Amazon. So of course he took that. Why wouldn't he? I'm confused. Yeah, me too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, he's, looking you, at, he's looking at the org chart and he's like, I can't go any higher here. So I will become CEO of the entire thing and maybe one day be as rich as Jeff Bezos. But, well, but that's the thing to me is like, if you're the CEO of AWS, isn't that enough for you? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the way business works. You always want to somehow get higher. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> These, these so people the guy have who's at the t- <laughs> way too much money. <laughs> I, I saw, I don't know if it's true, but I did see that supposedly Jeff Bezos made so much money last year that he could have given every employee, all 800,000 of them, like a hundred thousand dollar bonus and still been as rich as he was prior to the pandemic. Yeah. Yep. I saw That's, that too. That is crazy. Yeah. But hey, let's, let's worry about GameStop. As if he had done it. I, I want to see one of these billionaires. And like I Bill Gates does? That, every every the, year? Huh? Every year Bill Gates does that. Does what? How, what's he do? He takes all of his profit and and dumps it into uh, uh, treatments for 
third world countries, uh, climate change well, yeah, no, yeah. efforts. I, I know, yeah. Bill Gates is, is definitely a humanitarian. No, yeah, I get, his I get kids that. don't I'm even get saying, money in the will. No, they get money. They, they get like a million or two million or something. It's, I mean, it's it's not nothing, but it's it's you know, not his fortune for sure. Right. Yeah. Now I want to hear like an owner of a company, you know, giving his his people who made him that money, the people who built that company, giving them a year's salary. You know, I mean, it's just well, there is that there is that you, one guy who did that that for for the payment company. What was that? Um, uh, Dan Price, yeah, that the guy. head of uh, Gravity Payments. He set a minimum salary for all employees to seventy thousand dollars. Well, that's nice. And this was, and he took it out of yeah ten years ago. This was a long time ago. This is a long time ago, and he tweeted recently, like, "Hey, when I did it, they all said that it couldn't be done, and that if it could, they'd do it. It turns out it can be done. It works really well. We have great long-term employees and low turnover, and still, no one else is doing it because it turns out they didn't want to do it in the first place." <laughs> they want the money for themselves. Like he, he really went off and basically said, "Like, yeah, all these rich assholes that are run, running companies, they'll do fine if you take all their money because they have more than you could ever dream to spend." Mm-hmm. Well, like I was about to say, I, I also understand Jeff Bezos, although a, a billionaire on on paper is is not a billionaire in in you know liquid cash but still well he is probably a billionaire in liquid cash by yeah. now yeah, he as is. many times as he, he's a billionaire over on paper and and that's the thing yeah. too is that money makes money so he can take his non-liquid assets and leverage them to invest and if he gets a 1% gain on the market in cash that's still a million dollars i mean he's not hurting he's yeah. got a boat that fits a bunch of other smaller boats in it and a John, helicopter. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel comfortable saying that when Argus makes its first ten million dollars, we'll we'll give all of our employees a year salary? Why are you hesitating? On Hold on, let me zoom in on him. <laughs> there we go. If you have ten million employees, that doesn't work. Let me turn up his volume too. Well, no. <laughs> we don't have ten. What I'm saying, Eric, is it's just not practical. You can't you can't throw out a number because just because you you now are you saying ten million in profit or ten million in revenue and how many employees you have at that at that point to let's say ten million let's say a year's salary to all the employees of Diego Dev all the employees of Diego Dev and co podcasters with us when in podcasters when we launched Argus two how's that does that feel better we, okay we, yeah when you when we launched yeah there, okay. <laughs> Although, quite honestly, yeah, three people were sick Argus, that day. If, if Argus made $10 million and we had 10 million employees, we're still doing something right because we still have 10 million employees. So I still think we're doing something good. So everyone gets a $1 bonus. Good job. <laughs> Everybody who, who purchases Argus becomes an employee. Well, now you're just describing the stock market again. That's open source. It's open source. It's closed open source Argus. Uh, I've had too much to drink, man. I'm not going to be able to last the hour. Holy crap, we're already halfway through. This is awesome. I can do this. (laughs) This, Yeah, this is going to be a delightfully off-topic episode. Yeah. PHP, what's that? 
This, did, this, I, this is more the ugly than PHP. <laughs> I, I picked the wrong day to change my my name in Rocket League to PHP Ugly Podcast. Ooh. <laughs> now, now, now we're going to have people come and listen and they're like, uh, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some PHP news. We have a new RFC. I'm very excited. Do you tell? Property accessors. Do you guys know what property accessors are? No. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the setters and getters. Yeah. Uh, objects. Yeah. Hmm. Double underscore get. Double underscore set. Yeah. I, uh, I I thought they did that in eight, where they were making that automatic. No. Anyway, go I, ahead. Please continue. Proposed for eight point one. Yeah, this is by Nikita Popov, so I think he knows what what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But this is the uh, this is the get and set, and I you know what he might have uh, it might have failed in eight. Go ahead and you your research here, Thomas. I know. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a long week. <laughs> um, we also have the vote this week on the Enum RFC. Lots of chatter going on about that. Why are you saying that the, the go back to the accessors? Are you saying that the whole thing failed? The RFC was voted down. <laughs> No, I'm confused. Eric was right. I didn't do enough research. Okay, well, I failed us all. No, just to be clear, the, the RFC is to make it easier. We don't have to write out the getters and setters that we are so used to having, like get name and set name. There are now ways to make that more automatic, and I I like the asymmetric visibility that he's talking about, where you can say. That the get is public, but the set is private. Yes. Yeah, so I'm being informed oh. by Shutter that uh, this is a replacement for the way getters and setters are working now because they have been essentially made pointless by the the typing changes that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's visibilities, there's guarding, uh, there's lazy initialization and synthesized properties. Uh, what is a synthesized property, I wonder? I'm, I'm trying to find that. I heard, I heard you mention that earlier. I don't see that on here, though. Synthesized, huh? I believe the the idea is to allow definitions of accessors in the definition of the... Uh, uh, or in the declaration of the variable or of the, of the oh, class. Oh, it's, it's, Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, well, it, no, it's kind of like using a dynamic field in... MySQL. So you're you have a getter. They're using that plus one as an example where it's not necessarily a value in of itself. It's gotten based on the values of the object currently. Oh, like a mutator, kinda. Like a like a, a model mutator in Laravel would be. Sure. Whatever that is. Laravel fun. Um properties and interfaces. So I, there's a lot of stuff in here I didn't pay attention to, and, and I'll look it up more and, and find the cool parts. All right. I, I apologize. I've brought no, this no, podcast I... down to a new low. <laughs> By talking about PHP, you sure did. Really, Bastard. really bombed it. <laughs> Can't talk about PHP on this thing. You were moving on to something else, too, Thomas. What was the other thing you are talking about? Was I? There's, okay, there's, <laughs> there's the data grip stuff. Data but, grip? What's that? No, I know a data grip. Are you talking about my card now? Are you yes. still my cards? He, he's he's trying it. to move past his stuff as quick as possible. Um, yes, I'm trying to <laughs> bury my failures in 
your cards. Uh, yeah, so I we were talking, we've been talking on and off about how uh, John and I have switched over to a Linux desktop full-time. Um, and one of the biggest tools I miss on Linux is, uh, oh shit, what the hell was it called? Tables. Uh, table Plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which was uh, which was which is a uh, database management tool uh, for just database management tool. For, uh, there is for a Mac t- OS. table plus. Yeah, there is. Yeah, for Mac OS uh, and in Windows, I think uh, there is a table plus for Linux, but it's very limited. So the one on Mac OS and Windows, you, you, you can do MySQL, Postgres, a bunch of different um, data stores. Uh, the one on Linux, I think might only do MySQL. I, I've actually stopped using it. It was so limited. So I you know, I keep bouncing around trying to find new tools. Uh, a couple I, I've been using is uh, DB Beaver or D Beaver. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, there's D Beaver, which is an open source tool. And that is very similar to a JetBrains product called uh, DataGrip. Now, DataGrip, uh, if you're not familiar with, is uh, kind of like a yeah. It has the same like Eclipse sort of interface as PHP Storm and all the JetBrains products, but this is for database servers. And again, one of the things I like about it is it allows you to have multiple databases. So you can have MySQL, you can have Microsoft SQL, you can have Postgres, uh, SQLite. I think I think it does Mongo now. Um, they have a EAP version of their next version of DataGrip. Now, the reason I say that is because DataGrip is a paid product through JetBrains, but their EAP program, which is the early or EAP, which is the early access program, uh, you can use their products for free. Um, now, you are you are a, a, a guinea pig. You are a test subject. You are using the bleeding edge of what JetBrains has to offer. Um, and if you recall, I think last week I talked about how I ran into an issue with that with PHP Storm and some plugins. But if you don't pay for the product, and a database client is pretty solid, it's you know, it's not like you're gonna put up a lot of plugins there. Uh, the EAP for Data Grip might be a good thing for you to try if you think that's something you want to stick with. Now I'm going to say that because if you don't think you're going to pay for it, probably don't get too comfortable with it. Like it wouldn't be worth trying because it is a complex tool to figure out how to use. So if you're not going to like commit to it, or if you're not interested in committing to it, I would really say don't waste your time on it. And there are open source products out there that act a lot like it, uh, that you're, you won't have to pay for. But if you do think, if you have been on the fence of paying for something like this, and this is not a sponsor of the program, the only reason I'm saying this is because it's a tool that I happen to use. Uh, you might want to take a look at it. And, uh, yeah, that's my pitch. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it, but I use it. <laughs> Same here. It's one. It's a. It is a good tool. It does what it's supposed to do. It's just the interface is not great. Too many the, clicks, right? There's just too yeah. many clicks to get something done. Yeah, I, I do do miss. I was using SQL Ace on macOS. I do miss that very straightforward, easy interface. Yeah. I'm still CLI guy. <clears throat> I don't see the point of all these visual databases. I, I hate the fact that I I I am so weak at the command line for for SQL. I I, I applaud you for being a command line person for SQL because I'm I'm not in. It has definitely been to my detriment. I I mean I used to be at command line only for MySQL, and since I started using the the 
GUI, I've been happy with that because it does prevent me from making some mistakes. Mm-hmm. It allows me to to get to data a little bit quicker in, at times. Uh, it does prevent me from doing some really poor updates and deletes when I can just double click in a cell and update a single single cell without screwing up that where clause, which I've done way too many times in production. <laughs> I I like that within data grip, I can set the database, set my options by default to be read only. And then, so when I'm accessing, when I'm accessing production that I don't have an issue there until I purposely turn that off. What were you saying there? Eric. Uh, I thought I thought I was just typing in the same thing I was typing into Discord. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, oh, buttery buttery yeah. s- says that he he uses a PG CLI uh, for Postgres, and I just mentioned that there's actually a a my CLI as well, uh, which is a command line interface. The the cool thing about that is that it does auto completions for you. It, it gives you some helpers to go through. Sorry, my CLI. I've never used that. I never used that either. Yeah, that, that's actually one of the one of the tools I do have. So if I'm doing something quick in there, so here here's the funny thing: if I'm doing something quick, like creating a database or just looking up a, a particular ID or something, I might just do the my CLI. The funny thing is, I've become such a Laravel person now that if it's a Laravel app, like if the, if the database is connected to a Laravel app, I would I'll pull up Tinker and do my queries through <laughs> Eloquent. I've started doing that recently too. I mean, it's not a bad solution, man. It works really well. If you're going to do command line, just you know, use Eloquent and, and use it, you know? Well, but what if you need to check for security vulnerabilities? There's none just of those in Laravel. Up. There's no CLI for that. But wait, there is. What? <laughs> oh, God, I killed him. Thomas, do we pay you by the card or something? I'm just <laughs> you know you don't pay me. <laughs> we pay you with our love. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Yes. Uh, if if you follow Laravel News, if if you're a Laravel developer and don't follow Laravel News, you, you probably should. Um, I don't go to the website myself. I actually have it feed into. <laughs> I have. The Laravel News RSS stream feed into my Telegram, <laughs> and uh, I think I actually have it feed into Slack as well. But uh, we we've been talking the last couple of weeks about uh, security vulnerabilities in Laravel and how that information is disseminated. And I swear to God, there's somebody on the internet that listens to our podcast because whenever we talk about a topic, it seems like there's something like some sort of you know correction or fix for it. Although I will say nobody has put me in touch with my uh, with my guy at the White House yet, and I forgot his name. Jesus, what was his name? Donald? Was it Donald? No, it was David. David Recorden. I'm still looking to get in contact with David Record. The internet seems to d- deliver on everything else but that. Come on, people, David Recorden. Tell him Eric's looking for him. Anyways, so uh, like he doesn't have like ha- a billion other people trying to get in touch with him. And ha- yeah, they but have do they have podcasts? Have. <laughs> exactly. I'm a podcaster, John. Doesn't I mean, what's he do? He works in a White House. Yeah, I, I work. I work in a house too. I'm. Not, does he have a podcast? Pro- probably. Actually, I don't. I don't know. I should check that. What other chance <laughs> is he going to have to hang out with three white males drinking craft beer? <laughs> Anyways, uh, we were talking about how Laravel developers get notified 
of security vulnerabilities. It turns out somebody released a package for this. So there's actually a command line package you can install through Composer. You do a Composer global install, and you can while you're in a Laravel project, you can run this command, and it will let you know if there if your uh, 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 installation if that version of that application is vulnerable to any known security flaws. Isn't there already something for that in Composer? So you're thinking like of NPM. No, I think John is right. I feel like there is something for that. In I've looked this up. Saying. I've looked this up. Composer doesn't do it. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, NPM does do this. Actually, NPM does it every time you do a build, right? Doesn't it tell you yes. hey, you have certain... Yeah, you're right, Thomas. NPM, so if, if they're... Go ahead. Every, every build on NPM will give you deprecation notices, um, uh, unmaintained packages, uh, security alerts, and funding now, which is something that was a little bit controversial last year. But uh, yeah, every every like run it will... Composer does, does depre- deprecation. It might even do funding. Composer, I, Composer I believe, does. has a funding function you can mm-hmm. call on purpose, but... I actually like that better than... So I'm looking at these. I'm looking at the advisories that are uh, listed for Laravel here. Uh, yeah, I feel like John is right, though. I feel like there is a composer, a composer switch or something. There is. I'm trying to find it right now. There. Uh, dead air. Somebody will tell us. I didn't realize that there's a security tab on GitHub. Yeah, always been there. So that security tab on GitHub lists the vulnerabilities that Laravel had. So it looks like it's trying to be up to date. Oh, let's see yeah, Argus. Let's see far. Actually, no, Argus is already. It's only got two published security advisories, and they're both the same. But <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah boy, sure I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure when he started populating this, but uh, it's only got that first advisory for the MySQL query binding issue. From- yeah, I saw that, too. that. I saw that, too, yeah. That's the only one in the uh, security tab for for Laravel framework. Oh, oh, what are you what are you looking at? Uh, GitHub.com slash Laravel Framework Security Advisories. Oh, 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 okay. So the official. I, I was I, I, I ran that uh, I ran that uh, command line on a older uh, Laravel project I had, and that was the only security one that came up. I'm like, wait a minute, this one's yeah. Older that, than like the last two or three I saw. So appears to be the only one listed officially by Laravel. Hmm. So that's my my concern is that that's where that's where this command line tool is getting its information. Hmm. Um, I can see the concern there. Yeah. So if it's not being published by Taylor, then that's well, that's interesting. Yeah. So there are there are more security advisories for this tool, but they're not coming from GitHub. They're coming from the Laravel blog. Okay, well, that's a thing. Um, the blog is a thing. It's it's a right. thing, but these aren't CVEs or official anything anythings. I that's published by Taylor on the Laravel blog, but it's not like this is a central mm-hmm. repository to get a list of all the issues. That's weird because I thought this was built off a of, off another security checking app out there, the, and they just customized there, it for Laravel. There is the one I was thinking of. I think was Sensio Labs Security Checker, but when you mm-hmm. go there, they they specifically say do not use this package anymore, and instead have you install a CLI tool. And in the show notes, <laughs> there will be a link to 
an article that sp- spells out how to install it and how to put it into your Git hooks so that every time you run, it will, uh, every time you do something like a Git checkout. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, theirs isn't in Git hooks, theirs is in composer scripts. But I, as, as far as Laravel goes, I think the only way to stay secure is to subscribe to the GitHub repo and oh, there you go. They switch to symphony no i wouldn't go that far on air sure <laughs> i had to it's the end of the show nobody's listening anymore so it's all good <laughs> i'm not listening anymore you kidding me i'm trying to source source code source dive this thing real fast to see if i can figure out where it's pulling its data from but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna figure it out right now it's pulling its data from its own github uh from a security notices github account hmm. uh the security advisories database so it's uh github.com slash friends of php slash security advisories and it's just a namespaced structure pointing at a bunch of different projects and and it looks like it's manually being maintained. All right. So it's it's it's, it's cool, but it's relying on a lot of other people doing sort of sporadic random work in random places. Still don't like it. So now I'm confused. Is this the same security checker as what Sensio Labs was? I think it uses the uh. same uses the same database of, of issues. Yeah, so the Sensio Labs is now FabPot slash local PHP security checker. So that's... Oh. So you switch to Symfony no matter what still. you do. Oh. Told you that's, what you, that's how you stay secure. All right. This, this show has run long. <laughs> We're up. That was loud. It was not Was me. that me or you guys? Was it you? No. That was me. That's always me. Oh, yeah. It's not in the recording. Don't worry. I'm not worried. I mean, now it is. I'm a freaking recording master, man. I, I, I slice and dice our shows for the audio listeners. We actually sound like we're ta- what we know what we're talking about half the time. It's spooky. Yeah, you bust yeah, so the stuff out fast. So if you're listening now to the to the YouTube channel, you may want to like stop, unsubscribe, and go... <laughs> pick up the audience no don't unsubscribe (laughs) god eric has worked so hard to get people subscribed they'll miss out on all the great little thumbnails i i I pinged my uh, 213 are are we really i i pinged my artist buddy uh andy who actually listens to the show from time to time and uh he said he was he's gonna kick us a few more assets i told him i was doing thumbnails now and i wanted uh I wanted some ugly assets, so he, he says he, he's going to work on something for us. So I've been kicking out the thumbnails, man. Well, let's you uh, guys would appreciate it. Let's throw it to our it. Patreons. Thank, thank you, you to all you our Patreons. patrons. Yeah. Huge thank you to our Patreons. Did I say it right, John? No. Patreons. 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 On Patreon. On Patreon. Uh, next week, I, I, I promise... Uh, I'll understand the uh, property accessors stuff a little bit more. I'll have some more interesting stuff for us to talk about that won't be uh, crypto related. Uh, I remember the show used to be all we crypto. used to be pretty crypto heavy, and we had pretty a lot of heavy. people who enjoyed it. Yeah. So, so we'll see if uh, the crypto balance in this episode brings people back. People back. <laughs> you make it sound like we noticed a drop. <laughs> we don't have enough people to notice a drop. <laughs> 
I don't know. There's there's graphs. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Are we done? So for now, I am really too much to drink. Yeah, Eric, you what? close us out. No, you close us out. This has been Thanks episode two hundred twenty-two of PHP Ugly. I'm Tom. I'm Eric. I'm John. Keep, Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.